broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. With our good friend. Oh, go ahead, Damon. Go ahead. You didn't let me know, man. Yeah. That's right. Uh, the Raiders are on the clock. The NFL's on the clock. Five minutes to... What is it? Uh, yeah, the NFL is, is is getting ready to go on. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, we're, we're, what, 24... Almost exactly 24 hours uh, away from uh, Roger Goodell uh, open, stepping up to the podium uh, in Cleveland, Ohio to, uh, to announce the beginning of the 2021 NFL draft. I can't wait. I know our next guest, Ed Graney, uh, cannot wait. Uh, he's our uh, good friend and my colleague over at the Las Vegas Review Journal. You can read his stuff. Uh, just download the app, Vegas Nation, um, VegasNation.com on the uh, on the internet. Uh, pick up a paper, the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, Ed is uh, always front and center, and uh, and he's our good friend and has knows what's going on with the Raiders. So, Ed, thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. I know you're headed to the uh, a big Golden Knights game tonight, right? Yeah. Is it, this is a big one, right? Yeah, this is a uh, them against Colorado. There's some injuries on both sides, so I don't know if this is what we'd see in the playoffs, but. Uh, these are the two best teams in the division, so this will be cool tonight. It's the division's so bad when they play a good team, you can't actually watch the game. Yeah, absolutely. And um, set it up for us real quick because I'm I'm a little bit I'm I'm, I'm in draft heck, you know that. Uh, so so yeah, wh- wh- I, I mean you know I think Las Vegas and Colorado they've been the best teams all year. Colorado had the COVID pause that kind of hurt them when they were playing well, but uh, Jonathan Marshall so said it the other day. I think people agree on paper. I think Colorado's probably the best team when everyone's healthy. But the Knights have won nine straight. And as like Pete DeBoer said yesterday, it doesn't matter who you're playing. When you win nine straight at a professional level in anything, you're playing pretty well. So it's going to be pretty cool tonight, Vinny. I mean, I think everyone wants to see these guys in the second round of the playoffs to go to the four. It's how the playoffs are you know, set up this year. And I think that would be a great second-round matchup. So we'll see. Tonight, uh, no no starting goalie for, for Colorado. They also lose uh, – uh, missing um, uh, one of their better players, uh, Rantanen. So we'll see what happens. But I'll tell you what, it's huge for the Knights, Vinny, because they're uh, four, four um, clear of Colorado right now. If they win tonight, they'll be six clear with eight men, eight games a game. So, so that would mean it would take a massive, massive failure for the Knights not to win the division if they win tonight. All right. Well, we're counting on it. Uh, we're talking to Ed Graney. You can follow him at Ed Graney. How hard is that, uh, by the way? Graney is spelled G-R-A-N-E-Y. Uh, for all you fellow, um, you know, uh, difficult spellers or hard spellers, that's I am. So thank God for uh, spell check for me. So it's uh, at Ed Graney uh, on Twitter. He's a sports columnist with Las Vegas Review Journal. He's a co-host uh, of ESPN Radio, the Press Box, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 a.m. He's a husband, a father, all things. And he's a huge Dodger fan. What's up with your Dodgers, man? Uh, just watched them win 8-0, Vin, so back on the track. Uh, <laughs> yeah, finally, finally actually got some hits today. Kershaw... Kershaw was the stopper, man. He seven innings of no hit, the uh, excuse me, shutout ball that he gave up four hits. So back on track and now uh, on the road to Milwaukee and Chicago. So it, it, everything will be fine. Got to get Bellinger healthy. Got to get. Uh, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Joe Kelly healthy and get someone in. The, you know, get some of those bullpen guys healthy. But I, I still like their chances. We have a lot of Dodger fans among Raider <laughs> fans. We all know that. Um, 
Jock Peterson and Kiki Hernandez mistake or what? Or is or is that going to be something that we're not even um, don't even? Well, we'll see because right now in the last you know they've lost what three and seven over the last ten, and the issue's been you know spots five to five to eight in the order. Obviously, the pitcher is nice, so five to eight have not hit much at all over these ten games. So yeah, I mean so far. That shows Bellinger being hurt, I think, really shows. Because uh, you take him out of the lineup, when he's in, you can move everyone down. Um, so I, I think they'll be okay. The bullpen's really kind of missing right now, and they've got some injuries. So, so you kind of hope as a Dodger fan that when everyone gets right, they'll be okay. I think they're hit. I mean, you know, Betts is going to hit. The guys that are not hitting are going to hit. That's obvious. They've always hit. But um, we'll see. You know, the Giants, the Giants in the West are, I don't know, I don't know if they're a fraud or not, but they're playing pretty well. Um, they're probably a fraud, and the Padres are, you know, obviously we've seen the Padres, but I don't know if it's going to be a walk in the park to get the division this year. I think they'll win it, but I think they'll be pushed but definitely by the Padres. You're going to make Bill Bradley mad uh, with that, uh, Ed. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I think with... they're a fraud. But they, Gabe, <laughs> who's, their, who's their manager, Gabe Kapler? I don't know. This. <laughs> I think the pride of Taft High School in Woodland Hills, by the way, that Gabe yeah. Kapler, Moore Park yeah. College, yeah. Moore Park Junior College. Uh, I've yeah. known Gabe since uh, way back. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, all right. And you know what? Okay. The last question about the Dodgers. All right. This is what I'm going to ask you, Ed Graney. So the, uh, the major league baseball says a seven inning, no hitter doesn't count. Right. Right. It was a, they, what do they call it? It's a nice accomplishment or something along those yeah, lines. It's exactly. A, it's a noted accomplishment. Um, a 70 game, right? 70 games last year. In the, uh, are you uh, going with the asterisks here? I, I, I am. I am absolutely. <laughs> Where where are much we? Like, where do we where do we like fall on the World Series championship for the Dodgers? I know I'm, I'm making a lot of Dodger fans mad right now, but if you uh, but if a seven game no hitter in an official game, by the way, it was scheduled for seven game innings. Seven innings were played. Seven innings of no hit ball uh, were thrown. Yet no official no hitter. I mean, can we make a case that that World Series championship last year by the I know they got all their rings. They're beautiful, by the way. Yeah. Um, is it a legitimate World Series championship? It is by all the gear I bought. So yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll I'll tell you what. Um, I see. I think Mad Bomb. Uh, I think Mad Bomb was a no hitter. I think. Look, is it Me an too. official game? Yes, then it's an official no hitter. Is it, I mean, if it's not an official game, you have an argument. But if it's an official game, and those are the rules, the guy threw a no hitter. And I always laugh at the people the other day said, and I'll put A Rod in this group too. And I was a little surprised that A Rod on the on the broadcast said this that it had to be nine. I always love. It's like well. You know, this is, goes back to Faye Vince or Bud Siegler or whoever in the like, early 90s. It's like, you know what? It's okay to change rules. It's okay to change how you think. We're in 2021 right now. You're okay if you have a different opinion than you did in, like, 1990. So I absolutely think it was a no-hitter the other day for, from, for Bumgarner. This is, they're going to play these seven-inning doubleheaders. That's fine. I understand with protocols and condensing and everything. I, I don't have a problem with that. But he threw a no-hitter. I, I, and the fact it's not recognized is absolutely silly. I agree. I agree. It's it's like did not, did somebody did, did they not think that one through? Like, uh, yeah, but what do we do with all the records? What do we do with the? No- yeah, it's an official game. It's he yeah. officially threw a no hitter. But all right, anyway, um, uh, I digress. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the, the Major League Baseball is going to be here uh, through It'll what? Be here like for a while. Three weeks of the season. Four weeks of the season. Maybe even longer. Yeah. Um, heck, the next NBA season will be starting before baseball closes up. So, yeah. uh, so just put that in perspective. I've got a while um, to uh, throw things against my wall and do what I usually do in Dodgers. <laughs> there you so go. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So uh, it's the draft. Uh, we're now less than 24 hours away, believe it or not, from the draft starting. 
uh, it's finally got here, and I know you know you doing what we what we both do. Uh, it's a it's a long process, man. Uh, yeah. Trying to get this thing figured out, doing all the stories that we're doing, trying to follow it. Uh, but we're here, and um, in in about you know thirty hours or so, let's say, or no, maybe like let's say let's hope twenty six hours away from now, the Raiders will make their pick at number seventeen um, if they stay at seventeen. What is Ed Graney's gut? tell him the Raiders are going to do at pick number 17? Uh, I'll tell you what I hope they do. I hope they don't overthink the room. I hope they just say, you know what? There's two obvious obvious uh, question marks right now, right? Right tackle and safety. I, I, I get that. Everyone gets that. And I think there's it's obviously a really deep draft for offensive linemen, so they could, you, they could get a good player there. And if for whatever reason they've fallen in love with Trayvon Mooring, and even though he played cover two at TCU and he falls or wherever, if he's there and you're playing cover three, but you've fallen in love with him and he's the safety one, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, you need a safety. So if that's where they go and that's where they go, that's fine. And a right tackle I would certainly not have a problem with if you get the best tackle or even if you get the best guy and you have to move maybe good out and move, you, know, you get a great right guard. I mean, I just think they should not overthink the room and say these are two obvious holes we need to fill Let's fill one of them, like, right away. Um, you know, I mean, people are saying, what if Micah Parsons is there? Well, I don't think they're going to have that issue because I don't think Micah Parsons is going to be there. Um, but, you know, as, as much as I thought Kwiatkowski and Morrow played well last year, Littleton didn't. Uh, you usually in that system only play two, though. So to take Parsons, someone's going to have to be out on most downs. So I, I still think that would be kind of a reach only because of how they play. So I would take a tackler or a safety. And, I mean, if Mooring's there, I would, you know, that's a safety. I don't know if there's another safety I would take in the first round. At that point, if he's gone, I take, I take the tackle. So I just don't overthink the room. Just know what, the, what your question marks are and fill it up with the 17th pick. We just had Austin Gell from Pro Football Focus uh, on, and uh, we oh, were talking great. about the – Yes, exactly. Uh, the potential uh, and whether there was any, uh, you know, flickering flames to the smoke that we've been hearing that the Raiders have been doing a lot of homework on the five quarterbacks uh, that are in this draft and specifically of late Trey Lance from North Dakota mm-hmm. State. Uh, the, the theory being uh, if Trey Lance takes a little bit of a fall uh, into a sweet spot, maybe 10, 11, somewhere along that line, that that range, uh, maybe the Raiders would trade up to go get Trey Lance. Um, I'm not opposed to it whatsoever. And I go back to when the Kansas City Chiefs, with Alex Smith uh, firmly entrenched as their quarterback and success was actually happening, uh, they traded the 27th pick overall, moved up from the 27th pick overall to the 10th in 2017, uh, gave up a future first-round pick and a third-round pick that nobody cares about now to get Patrick Mahomes. And so they took a swing for the fences. Even though they had a, a good quarterback and a good team, a playoff-caliber team, they said, you know what, this isn't good enough, and we feel like there's a longer longer play here to make. And so they traded up to go get Patrick Mahomes. How opposed or in favor would Ed Graney be if the Raiders were to decide, you know what, we love Derek Carr, this is not an indictment on him. But we feel like we could go secure our quarterback of the future here in Las Vegas by trading up uh, a few spots to go get Trey Lance and bring him in, play with Derek Carr this year, let that uh, unfold the way it will, maybe like it did in Kansas City with Alex Smith playing one year, Patrick Mahomes learning behind him, and the rest is history after that. How opposed or in favor would Ed Graney be of a scenario like that? Well, I'd be a lot in favor if you told me he was Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) <laughs> if, if, I, if I knew he's Patrick Mahomes, I'd say give up whatever you have to give up. You know, 
I'm torn on it for this reason. They have a top 10 to 12 quarterback, wherever you want to rank Carr, on a really friendly deal for what for his production compared to what he makes. Um, I'm, I, don't, I would not extend him at this point because I still think they haven't been to the playoffs under him. I think you just play it out with him and hope under a fourth year everyone's good enough around him and you get to the playoffs and then worry about that. But it, it's a tough one. I mean, if you do that, I assume that we all assume, you know, Mariota's trade value in and around the draft could be pretty good. I mean, there are going to be teams that look at their room after the draft or even during the draft saying, you know what, even if we got this guy, we might need a bridge. We might need, you know, this guy's young. We like him, but we might need someone for a year. I know Marcus, believe you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think he has a no trade. If that's true, though, I don't know if he'd say no to pretty much anyone if he's guaranteed to start. If he, even as a bridge, you're going to be a starter again. So I know people talk about his no trade, but if he wants to start and someone's saying, look, you're going to be a bridge here, but you're going to be the starter next year. I don't know why he'd turn that down. That would make no sense. So if you do get Trey Lance to kind of, you know, uh, let him uh, learn behind car, I'd assume you're moving Mariota. I mean, obviously in the salary cap, I think you'd have to. I guess I'm not completely opposed to it. I just think they're pretty set at quarterback in my mind for 2022, and they have really big needs elsewhere. They've dismantled that line on the right side, and I think they need to keep Derek Carr upright. So – I guess, Vinny, my answer, as my original answer was, can you tell me how good Trey Lance is going to be? And here's the thing. You know, he had one game. Obviously, people have film on him. But the pandemic, I don't think he got to sit down with Trey Lance. He, of all of them, because in North Dakota State, obviously, has produced some really good quarterbacks. I get that. But I think he, of all these top guys, there's probably some questions here because you just probably don't have the information or the film you want to see on him. But if they've done their homework and they love him, we know with Gruden and Mayock, man, they fall in love with a guy. Um, I guess neither of us will be shocked if they move on him if they like him that much. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking on behalf of uh, Marcus Mariota, by the way, Ed, uh, starter or not, hey, man, you ever been to Detroit? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to Detroit. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that if a, if a good situation does arise, I think the no-trade clause is just to control that that doesn't happen or he gets traded to Jacksonville to be the backup to Trey Lance or, excuse me, uh, Trevor Lawrence oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or you know, be traded to a yeah. bad situation. So he has a semblance what if, what of if control. The, what if the Jets came and said, we love Zach Wilson, but he's not ready just yet. Will you come and be the bridge? Hmm. Like, would you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's the thing. If you're Marcus Mariota, it has to happen quickly. You don't want to be like, you know, uh, three weeks into training camp, uh, the, the, you know, oh, the Chicago no. Bears figure out no. that, you know, uh, um, um, uh, the, the, the Red Rifleman uh, isn't right. or get, he gets hurt or something like that. Andy, Andy Dalton, Dalton gets QB hurt. One. <laughs> yeah, and they, right, and now you got to go into an emergency situation and, and go out there and, and do the best you can without right. having the playbook, without having preparation. So if I'm if I'm Marcus Mariota, I'm trying to look for something like ASAP so you can get into the building, get get acclimated. Because what you want to do is, like you said, be a starter and play for another contract because yeah. you're still yeah. young enough to do that. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't. Uh, I think. I, I mean, I think it's a long. Sh- uh, you know, so much has to happen for them to get Lance what they'd have to give up. Obviously, you're not going to get Lance to keep Mariota. I mean, the million dollar to Peter, I guess that's kind of a yeah, it's a million dollars, but you'd have to move the cap of the cap hit of Mariota. So that there's that part to it. Um, again, they might do it, but I would be a lot happier as a fan if you could just tell me they got the right tackle for the next eight to ten years, or they got a safety who can step into Gus Bradley's system in that three deep and, and really kind of be that center fielder and a really really good player um, in that spot. Yeah, and I do believe that. Within those first three rounds, I think they're going to have both of they're going to 
cover both of those bases, tackle yeah, uh, and yeah. free safety in some form or fashion. Last question, yep. uh, Ed, because I know you got to uh, get out on the ice and warm up because uh, you're yep. the third goalie tonight, right? Listen, you're the third if goalie. I'm on the ice, dude, they have big, big problems. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, just put the pads out there and pretend yeah. like you know what you're doing. Um, all right, so there's a little bit of smoke that I'm hearing, uh, Edward, uh, regarding a certain wide receiver in Atlanta, Julio Jones, um, yeah. and the Raiders. And uh, I do believe they're kicking the tires, probably a little more so than just kicking the tires uh, on Julio Jones. He played nine games last year. He's owed a lot of money. Uh, but you go back in his history from 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016, 2015 – this guy plays 14 to 16 games. He's 90 to 100 catches. He's 1,300 yards to 1,600 yards every single season. At 31 years old, going to be 32. But would you give up a future third-round pick, maybe even a second-round pick, but let's say third or second-round pick, to bring in a Julio Jones for this offense next year? In the year? Yeah, so a couple things stand out to me, and you can help me here. It's a huge cap hit, so they'd have to move money. I don't think that they'd have to make too much money, but let's say they can get all the money worked out. Yes. Um, I'd give up, you know, he's, he's, he's 31, right? He's, he's got hammy issues, which would worry me a little in the last two years because hamstrings as you get older are not good, but I'd give up a second right away for him if I could get him because I think if you look at the, his career – his production, like I said, he was down last year, but he had the hamstring. If you think that, so that the medicals come back, and that's fine. Um, I don't think they utilized him as crazy as it sounds, given his numbers in Atlanta well better than they could. I think Sarkeesian really missed on, especially in the red zone with him. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I'd give I definitely give up a three if you could get Julio Jones. If you give a three, but a two, I probably would as well. If you think he's healthy, again, you got you got to deal with the money. His cap hit's huge, so I think his cap hit at this point would be second to Derek Carr on the team. So they have to move a lot of money around. But if you could do it and you got your capologist doing it, I would take Julio Jones on. Yes. Yes. You just restructure the contract. You'll be able to make it work. Okay. Uh, so somehow. if you restructured it and you can make the money work, then I'd give up a two or a three for, you, for Julio Jones. Yes, because I'm just going to say this to you right now. Julio Jones, Darren Waller, a better Henry Ruggs, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake. I mean, you know, it doesn't sound too shabby now, does it? Uh, I don't, don't care who's playing right. They could put Adam. They could put Adam Hill. Kenyon Drake. Yes, they could put Adam Hill at right tackle, and we yeah. they would, you know, <laughs> uh, or me, or maybe even you, um, and uh, we we would hold down the fort. And uh, I think that offense with that kind of combination. Whew, that that looks yeah. pretty damaged or pretty pretty well, promising. Ed, I'll tell ahead. you what: if they go for Julio Jones, you and I will have something to write tomorrow night. Yes, we will. We absolutely will. And we will regardless because yeah. it's going to be hot and heavy tomorrow night and on deadline, Ed. Uh, so be yeah. uh, get the coffee get the hot coffee brewing and uh, let's be ready to go. Ready to rock right, and roll. Brother. Ed, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Good luck tonight at the Golden uh, Knights game. I know it's yeah. going to be a, a big one. I'll be tuning in uh, as soon as I get off the show. Appreciate it, brother. Uh, talk you, to you uh, tomorrow, it. I'm sure. Talk to you tomorrow night. See you. All right. That's Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Always a pleasure uh, talking to him, getting his thoughts. Um, and there's there's some smoke out there uh, with the Raiders in a few different scenarios. Uh, we talked about them uh, just just a, a, a bit ago with with Ed. We'll continue to hit on that on the other side. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Nevada. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM.
party, man. I'm trying to play some jams to come back. Call me maybe. Who are the Raiders going to be calling? It's not there. All right, All right. Well, we might get some licensing problems. Let me go ahead and turn that down. All right, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. We got Lester. Lester, what you want to talk about? Hey, guys. How's it going? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, we got you, Lester. Yeah, I just wanted to go out there and uh, just talk a little bit of a draft real quick. I think at 17, I think we're looking at probably, I mean, who knows with, with us. But uh, I mean, we should be, if Parsons isn't there at 17, I think the other players, like you would at least think that we target is Darosal, Jenkins, Coromora, and Morig. Um, there's one thing that I've been listening to, and I've been hearing some talk about Farley. If the cornerback Caleb Farley falls, that we may be looking at him, and I think that would be another mistake, man, because if you look at that, I mean, he has some medical. And even when you listen to Mike Mayock talk about, oh, we don't can't all get all the information on medical right now, and this and that. But you never know. We've done silly things in the draft before. But, I mean, Caleb Farley going at 17 would be an absolute mistake if you're not sure what's going on with his medical. And he's had well, two back surgeries in the last two years? Yeah, that, I mean, obviously that would be the key. Um, you know, and they, they, they have more information. Uh, if they feel comfortable from their medical team uh, that, that he's going to be okay, then, you know, that's, that's why you have a medical team that, that takes a look at things, uh, you know, on, on their own and, and try to get to the bottom of it. And so if the Raiders feel comfortable that he's okay, that this is going to be a long-range issue, that he's going to be able to get on the field, that there's not going to be further procedures that are needed, um, he's definitely worth the 17th pick overall. This is a top-10 pick without that red flag uh, on him. But again, uh, and, you, and, and you, know, you bring up a good point, you have to be sure. You can't <laughs> not be sure. And uh, who was the player a couple of years ago that the, that the Raiders drafted? Um, DJ Hayden. There you go, and that was that that, that predated my uh, covering um, yeah. the Raiders, but but that was an issue where they got burnt on it, and you can't afford that. You, you just can't cannot. Do it. Yeah, uh, so yeah. I think I think I think Caleb Farley uh, on film, Caleb Farley, uh, you know the 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 athlete, the player. He's 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 arguably the best cornerback in this draft, flat out. Um, he's been compared to you know Jalen Ramsey. I saw Jalen Ramsey up close and personal uh, with the Rams, and that dude is no joke. He's a game changer. And if if Farley is that kind of a player and he's healthy, uh, or your doctors believe he's going to be healthy, um, that's that's something that you have to consider. And we see that the New Orleans Saints. Uh, there was some smoke uh, coming out today that uh, that they're thinking about making a move up in the draft to go get Caleb Farley. Uh, if that's true, then. You know, obviously they're they're not as concerned about the back injury. Um, you know, and and the, he's already had surgery. According to his people, he's fine. Um, according to his camp, uh, this isn't going to be a long range uh, issue. Uh, but of course, you have to have your doctors take a look at those medicals, and I would assume that Farley's medicals uh, have been, uh, you know taken a deep look at by everybody uh, in the NFL because he's just too good of a player um, and you, you have to do your you have to do your homework is he a top 10 pick no I think that I think because of those back issues um, you just it, it just doesn't it doesn't 
you know, you, it's too big of a chance at that point. Even if you feel good about it, you're like, well, you know what, Patrick Sertain, we're going to go with Patrick Sertain uh, or J.C. Horn. We're going to go, uh, you know, if you have the luxury of, you know, picking in that top 10, top 11 or so um, and making a decision like that where you're, where you're, t- you're talking about players of equal ability or, or close to ability, you always go with the guy that has the least amount of, you know, concern or, or, or risk. But once those two players are off the board, then Caleb Farley easily becomes the best cornerback. And if you feel like, again, if you feel like uh, the, the the issue is not going to be a long-term issue, whether you're the Raiders or anybody else, at 17, this guy's a good football player, man. He is a good, good football player. But again, all these guys come with some sort of issues. Michael Parsons, we've been talking about him all show. Um, you know, there, there's, there's a flag. We just don't know if it's what I was told. It was a yellow flag, but, uh, who I talked to, um, felt like, Hey, you know, our group hasn't taken a deep, deep dive, uh, into him. Um, so, you know, we don't know how darker that flag got, but at the very least it's a yellow flag. So there is some concern. Off the bat, off the bat, there is some concern. I think it's everybody's aware of it. That's why nobody's talking about him in the top five. He is a top five player. You know, he's he's a guy that that's how good he 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 is. But I don't think anyone's going to touch him in that top five, maybe even that top ten, because of what was a, was described to me today as a yellow flag that had the potential to get darker. They just don't know because they didn't do. Uh, their due diligence on him, um, and so we don't know. We don't know what the Raiders know about Michael Parsons. We don't know what the Cowboys or the Falcons or the Detroit Lions, these teams that are picking in the top ten, top fifteen ish. We don't know what they know, and uh, but I think we're going to have a pretty good idea come draft night um, what the intel on Michael Parsons was and what it showed, and and where that risk factor was too much maybe in that first 10, but it starts lessening in 11, 12, 13, 14. When you get to 17, there might be no real risk at all. Um, You feel like at that point, he's just too darn good uh, to pass up. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Thanks for the call, by the way. Uh, We're going to go to D in Portland. How you doing, D in Portland? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for taking my call, Vinny. Absolutely. Yeah, so I kind of had the same question the other caller had, but I kind of have a question for you. Okay. So you're really plugged in. You know who might be there, and this is an assumption. You don't make a trade, stay at 17, everything's there, right? Who's a player who at 17, you either don't like the pick, either because it's a reach, uh, skill set, maybe taking them at that number 17, kind of like, uh, you know, what uh, happened with Arnett a little bit, some people feel. Who's a player like that that you would be like, oh, I wouldn't have gone that way? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I, I think that uh, Morig from TCU, and, and there's no, there's nothing about necessarily his game that I dislike. Uh, it's not, it's there's not like this isn't a Jonathan Abram situation where you know um, where the Raiders were picking him even at that point. There were some concerns about his. Um, you know, uh, instincts, uh, sometimes trying to do too much, not staying within the system, you know, being a risk taker. Uh, I don't see any of those things uh, with Morig from uh, from TCU, the safety from TCU. I just wonder, uh, at that position, at number 17, uh, is, is, is it – I just think that that position, it, it's – 
too high to draft a player um, of, of his skill set. Now, if you're talking about 23, 24, like if the Raiders were to trade down, um, then yeah, uh, at, at 22, 23, 24, uh, no problems whatsoever. I just think that um, there's other positions of need. I also feel like free safety could be dealt with um, a little bit further down the road, road. I just think there's other players of more important positions maybe or more impactful positions uh, that, they, that, that if I were the Raiders um, – you know, I, I would I would look at at 17. So I think that it's a little bit of a reach at 17. I'm starting to think that way with Jenkins, uh, the, the the tackle from Oklahoma State. I really like him. I think he's going to be a good NFL player. I just think at 17, if he's the best tackle remaining um, at that spot, I'm just wondering, you know what, maybe go take the tackle in the second round or maybe even the third round. Uh, there's a better player overall, maybe on defense, then and then brings you more value over the long range than what Tevin Jenkins brings you at number seventeen at tackle. If that hopefully that kind of answers the question a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it does. Quick question too is a follow up. Like if Farley somehow, I don't know if he will, but somehow gets out of the first and he's there day two. Do you make a trade to move up? Well, and uh, I, with that, you know they have uh, they have two extra third round picks. They have two extra fifth round picks. There's also future picks that you can, you know, that, that you can move around. Um, yes. I, and I, and I think that, you know, he's a guy that, you know, you would think about trading all the way up to the top of the second round to go get him. Now, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and I believe the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Jets, some, one of those two teams has that first pick in the second round. I have to go look back to, to be official, but if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and you need help, uh, you know, everywhere, Man, um, you know, I would I would almost stand pat if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars and take a Farley at that pick. I here's the thing though, that smoke that's coming out about the Saints wanting to move up to to go get him, uh, and you know it would be it would be a trade up scenario. If, if he were to fall that far, then the Saint I think the Saints are, are there waiting for him. Um, you know, I, I so I don't think I don't think he gets out of that first round. Um, yeah. But anything is possible. If he did, then yeah. Uh, if I'm the Raiders, I would think about trading up uh, to get him because he's he's a guy that has all pro caliber uh, skill set. And yes, the back is an issue, um, but this guy can play. And you know, and unfortunately for him, he also uh, was you know just tested positive for for COVID nineteen. So his draft weekend is is now uh, his plans, I should say. Uh, you know, have all changed. I feel bad for him. Uh, hopefully, uh, everything's worked out. He said he was. I saw a video today of him uh, asymptomatic. So uh, that's you know that that that's good news. Um, but you know, uh, yes, to answer your question, if he was in the third, yeah. if he was if he fell in the second round, absolutely. I appreciate the call, D. Uh, out to the Raider Nation list, Ryan uh, Raider Dave in Denver. How you doing, Raider Dave? Uh, it looks like Raider Dave is not there. Raider Dave, if you're listening, uh, give us a call back. By the way, it gives me a chance to say um, Cinco de Mayo Grand Opening. This is a uh, Embajador Tequila uh, production. Uh, if you're here in town uh, on Cinco de Mayo, there's a, uh, a grand opening. It's the Amnesia Beach Club uh, over at Mansion 54. That's uh, a historic landmark here in Las Vegas. Um, there was a scene, a classic scene, uh, for Casino, the movie Casino that was filmed there. Um, Elvis Presley used to live there, from what I understand. So it's like this classic, historic uh, landmark uh, that is now uh, being 
converted into uh, a, a nightclub, basically. It's called Amnesia Beach Club. Uh, they're hosting and throwing a Cinco de Mayo party uh, that's coming up on Wednesday, May 5th. Uh, DJ Chuck Murdoch and 10 surprise guest DJs uh, will be on from, I think it's 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, so it's an all-day event uh, for ticketing and cabana information, uh, which they're going to have some cabanas out there. Uh, give a call to 702-381-3066. So Cinco de Mayo, Wednesday, uh, May 5th, the Amnesia Beach Club at Mansion 54. Uh, Give them a call, 702-381-3066. It's going to be brought to you by Tequila Embajador, and you know they're going to throw a great party. So do we have um, Raider Dave? Yeah, I got my blue suede shoes on. There you go. There you go. Uh, how are you doing, first of all? And uh, thanks oh, for giving I'm, us a call. I'm, I'm good. It's uh, nice to talk to you. I can't wait. It's been an exciting uh, week so far, and it's going to get even more exciting coming up and coming forward here tomorrow. But And I think that Raider Nation Radio has done a fantastic job of covering this wall-to-wall, and it's only going to get better tomorrow, so I can't wait. Um, somebody said earlier about uh, two linebackers play at one time. Well, if you watch the Raiders last year, I do, and I lost count about how many times the green dot switched helmets. So don't tell me that, oh, we don't need any more linebackers because we have, you know, two starters and more to back up. No, no, thank you. I mean, a rookie linebacker coming in who's fast and tenacious is going to be great on special teams as well. So there's more than one place that uh, Kuramora or Parsons can fill. And, you know, you need to have guys that are gassed at the end of the game. You need to be able to back them up. You know, I think if we can't uh, move up a little bit to get them or if it doesn't fall to us, uh, there's so many tackles in the draft that I see them sliding back and maybe grabbing a safety and picking up that other pick to go ahead and get a good tackle. And the reason I'm thinking that is there was some talk about a Charger player possibly coming over. So if they have... Um, I think he was a linebacker. If they have the uh, if they have the nuts on the deal already in place, if they need to do that, then maybe they don't have to take somebody who's like Parsons or Kamoa right away to help bolster this defense. They could get somebody that uh, knows Bradley's system. But I forgot the name of that player. I think he was a linebacker. Was it uh, Denzel Perryman? No, I thought it was a different name, but maybe he wasn't a linebacker. Oh, that they that they brought that. in, that the Raiders brought in. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got yeah. Um, Awusu. Um, he was a, a, another Notre Dame kid. That uh, hold on a second. I, I've got the uh, I, I've got the name for you here in, in just a second. Um, and, that was a defensive uh, player. I, I could be wrong that he was a linebacker. It could have been someone. No, coming. you're right. You're right. Hang on, I'm going to tell you here uh, real quick. Uh, but. Yeah, and you're you're absolutely right too. There's nobody on right now, uh, the Raider roster in the linebacker room. Um, and all due respect to Corey Littleton, uh, I think he's going to have a bounce back year. Nick Wachowski, I think he played well last year. Will continue to play well. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, who had a uh, kind of a breakout year last year. Uh, no disrespect to any of those guys, but neither none of them are the reason why you don't draft a Michael Parsons at all, or even a Jeremiah Owusu uh, Kormara. Um, I don't know if they're going to go in that direction, uh, but they, they they very well might, and I don't think they blink an eye uh, with whoever's on the uh, roster at linebacker for either of those two guys. Those two guys. Yeah, just... you can't tell me that in certain goal line situations where somebody's going to run a two or three tight end set that you don't bring in all four linebackers. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, and the linebacker that they brought in from San from San Diego from uh, the Chargers, uh, who had played um, with the Chargers, is. Uh, J- um, 
here it is. Uh, James uh, Anwu Alu. Uh, he's uh, actually from, he went to Notre Dame, uh, played linebacker, uh, has played two years, uh, was undrafted, uh, came into, um, uh, you know, played for the Chargers, played for Gus Bradley. So, you know, at the very least, he has a uh, some semblance of knowledge uh, of the system. I think he's more of a depth guy, more of a... Um, you know, a special teams kind of guy if he if he makes the team. Uh, but but you're you're right. Uh, guys like Micah Parsons uh, and Jeremiah from from Notre Dame, they're just too good to let your current linebacker room dictate that you don't make that decision. Now if now if there's you know, um, I, I to me, if it comes down to Micah Parsons and Chris and Darisaw, it's Micah Parsons. If it comes down to Micah Parsons... Oh, I totally agree. I absolutely yeah. agree. And I think the Raiders see it the same way, too. Um, to have a certain position in the draft, whether it's you know a first-rounder next year, and who knows, maybe in the, in the preseason, somebody gets hurt, the Raiders go ahead and ditch Mariota, they get a first, a late first for him or an early second. You know, they'll have some draft capital moving forward if, if that happens. You know, if, if they ended up jumping up to get Lance or something like that, well, one of the guys is going to go. There's no way uh, Gruden, who much as he would love to keep four, there's no <laughs> way he's got the room on the roster to keep four quarterbacks. Yeah, no, no, no. They, it, would, it would be three at the most, and I think Mariota would be, you know, uh, on the he first plane. He would be the plane. one that's expendable, and that's exactly why they ended up redoing his contract, to make it something where they can showcase him and – go ahead and get a good pick for him uh, after uh, the preseason goes. Every year, somebody gets hurt on the quarterback position in the preseason. Every yeah, absolutely, season. and uh, I appreciate the uh, the call, uh, Raider Dave. Um, you bet. Uh, uh, give us a call back tomorrow or, or Friday uh, after the pick is made, um, and we're going to take a break here in just a second, but that's why that's another reason why not having the OTAs, to me, is, 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 is not ideal uh, because you know whether you're the Chicago Bears or the Washington Football Club or whoever it is that's kind of on this one-year rental quarterback situation you know you might get these guys into OTAs and and they're not really you're not digging who you got whether it's Andy Dalton or or Fitzpatrick in in Washington you might say after OTAs or or in the middle of it man, maybe we need to call the Raiders and see what's up with Marcus Mariota. Maybe he would be a better option at this point. And the money right now for Marcus Mariota is so minimal that uh, it's not going to hurt anybody's payroll uh, to bring him in. But you don't have uh, OTAs, it doesn't look like. Um, A lot of these teams are going to be opting out. We've already seen that. So I think that's going to be detrimental for a guy like Marcus Mariota who – is missing out on a chance for other teams to assess their quarterbacks and make a decision before training camp. Do we need to go get a Marcus Mariota? Are we comfortable with the guys that we brought in, or should we go uh, and investigate a little bit and see what it would take to get a Marcus Mariota? It looks like, and I'm hoping that I'm wrong, there's a time for it to get changed, but it looks like that might not be uh, the case based on what's happened so far. But I advise things can change. We're going to go back out to uh, the – or excuse me. Uh, you're listening to Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Wednesday, the night before the draft. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by uh, Tequila in Bajodar. We'll get to more callers when we come back. We're back in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Back to the uh, Red Hot Raider Nation Radio listener line. Uh, Garib, 
is on the line. Uh, wants to talk about the Lakers or Lakers, man. Well, playoffs are coming up for the Lakers, but no, we're talking about the Raiders. What you got, brother? Yeah, my name it's Guarin, but close enough. Okay. Yeah, uh, I got two two things. Um, I you know, first of all, I think I'm kind of like upset the fact that you know the Broncos went and picked up Teddy Bridgewater, so that kind of think they're stealing the thunder from the Raiders. I got this funny feeling they're going to take Parsons. Um, and that sucks. I have this funny feeling that that's what they're probably going to aim for. And, uh, second, um, you know, if every, if like everyone talks so highly about Tom Cable and what a great offensive line coach he is, I mean, that's all everyone ever talks about. Why are we just, why are we mentioning offensive tackle in the first round when we can take this class is deep, we can take a second or third. And if he's that good of an offensive lineman, a coach, he could actually turn one into a first round with no problem. Okay. Uh, those, I just, um, I, if anything, I, we, I've, I called back before about linebackers. And last time you said we were set linebackers. I still think we need a great linebacker. And I, I'm just hoping that Parsons there, but I think Denver's just going to end up picking up uh, Parsons and stealing the Raiders under. What do you think? Uh, yeah, and I apologize for that, Guawara. Uh, thanks for thanks for the call and uh, uh, hang in there. We'll, we'll let's talk about this. Um, well, first of all, y- yes, I think Tom Cable. I think there's a lot of um, uh, faith in Tom Cable, and I think you're absolutely right. You know, taking guys that are um, you know not necessarily first round picks, and you know, molding them into 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 good players. Uh, it's you've seen that time and time again throughout his career, not just here with the Raiders. I think with the um, you know with, with the reason why you're you're seeing you know tackles mocked to the draft to the Raiders so much is number two they, they have an obvious need let's face it uh, they 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 don't have an established uh, guy at right tackle right now that you can definitively say is going to be the guy right so um, in and of itself that creates some need uh, at tackle but on top of that there's just a lot of good tackles in this draft. So, um, you know, on one hand, yes, you can absolutely show faith in, in, uh, in, in, in Cable by saying, you know what, we don't have to get even as good as the tackle might be uh, that's st- staring us right in front of the face. Um, we, we might be able to better utilize this, this pick at number 17, maybe with one of the premier cornerbacks. Maybe it's, you know... Um, Jeremiah from 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 Notre Dame, the linebacker from Notre Dame. Maybe if Michael Parson falls that far, it's 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 him. Um, and and go get your tackle later on in the draft. But it, there also could be a situation where, and I'm with you. I think the Raiders are comfortable going into next season with this linebacker crew, but I don't think that they're so comfortable that they'd say no to a premier player like a like a Michael Parsons. Um, so, uh, so I think they're open at that position. If they feel like a Michael Parsons is just, it's just too good, even at a position of quote unquote strength, um, he's just too good to pass up. They'd figure it out from that point on. But it I mean, could be a case. Go ahead. Do you think the Broncos? Do you think the Broncos did this move here with uh, Teddy Bridgewater? And you think that they're looking towards probably picking up that linebacker? 
Um, uh, and, and I'm going to answer this very quickly because we got our, we got our run, but then thanks for the call. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that I, you know, if Trey Lance is there, um, or one of the quarterbacks that they, that they really like is still there. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater or, or Drew Locke are so good that you're going to pass up on a, on a really good quarterback. So I think it depends on who, which quarterback might still be there. Uh, in the draft, it also depends on what is what do the Denver Broncos think of Micah Parsons and the flags that are associated with them. I would not rule it out though, which is why I also wouldn't rule out the Raiders maybe trading up ahead of the Broncos um, to, to, to if they really are compelled that Micah Parsons is the guy, give up a little bit of something to move up a few spots to leapfrog over the Broncos to get Micah Parsons. We'll see, and we're going to find out tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be here tomorrow, one to three o'clock. Don't forget. 1 to 3 o'clock tomorrow in the huddle, um, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, uh, rather than, and then right after us, 3 till whenever, uh, is going to be JT the Brick and our good friend Lincoln uh, Kennedy. They're going to host a draft, a live draft show uh, that's going to center on the Raiders, obviously. So see you guys tomorrow, 1 to 3 o'clock. I want to say thanks to Ed Grady uh, from the Las Vegas Review Journal, Austin Gale uh, from Pro Football Focus, Devon Cotton, thanks for doing what you do. Uh, over at home base. Thank you to all the callers. Uh, you really brought it today. Let's go at it one more time tomorrow, 1 to 3 o'clock in the huddle. Mini Monsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bajador.